Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Talk Smart with Pew and McCart. That's Mr. Joe Pew over there. I'm Andrew McCart. This is episode 24. Joe, how are you, sir? Yes. Losing count. Losing count of the uh, of the numbers now. We've been doing it for a while, but I'm uh, very good. Yeah, a bit of a nightmare this morning. Lost my phone. Uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's just go back. You messaged me saying, can we do this early? I said yes. Then you messaged me this morning when I was on my way. You said, Andrew, I've lost my phone. Message me on Instagram. But then you said, Andrew, my phone's been found. I'm waiting to collect it. And then you had the West Ham game. I don't know why you would put yourself through all that punishment to go to a West Ham game, Joe, but you did it. You lost your phone. So you've not had the best, uh, what, Saturday, Sunday nights, have you? Yeah, it weren't good. I think I probably had a a few too many drinks last night and uh, just misplaced my phone. But... That's it, that's it. Every uh, experience is a learning experience, but we take away from that. But there was some seriously good mm-hmm. boxing over the weekend. Now I managed to kind of catch up on it all. I know you was in Bolton on Friday night. I was in yeah. London, York Hall. And in between all of that, you had a massive show in Belfast where I think we'll start, mate. Yeah, let's start. Let's start with the... You know what? We'll leave the main event till a wee bit after. We'll start from the four okay. main, main sort of fights on the card. We'll start all the way down at uh, Macomb and Maxwell. Now, I know them very, very well. They both trained at the gym I'm at right now. They were stable mates. They were gym mates. They lived together. They were good friends. Trained by Danny Vaughan. Um, and it's just it's one of them ones when I was watching it, I just I didn't enjoy it because I knew both guys so well. Do you know what I mean, mm. it was an entertaining fight, but I couldn't really enjoy it because I like Sean, I like Sam, and you know, it was just a hard watch for me. And that's just me not being the, the media guy, that's just me being a boxing fan. Yeah. Boxing. Two guys I know very well have a fight, and obviously, you can see in Sam Maxwell that maybe maybe that was one too many fights after such a, such a long amateur career and a tough mm. pro career. And uh, maybe that was one fight too many, but you can't take nothing away from Sean McComb. Um, Footwork was phenomenal. Three knockdowns. You can you can talk about the first two knockdowns. Were they knockdowns? Did they, they trip over the feet? Maybe yes, but the third one was definitely a knockdown. And Sean McComb goes on to bigger and better things. And Sam, I think his his interview with Joe Pugh says this is the end and he's retiring, which is which is a shame. I, I hope Sam has found or got what he wants uh, wanted out of the sport. And he can go and enjoy his family because I know he's got a young son. But yeah, that fight was just a weird one for me because I know both fighters so well. I don't know if you've been in that situation before where you knew two fighters yeah. very well and they're fighting each other. You just sit there and like, you just, I don't know, you just can't get amped for it. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, two great guys as well, particularly Sam, who I spent a bit more time with. One of the nicest guys in boxing, honestly, such a such a nice guy. And what a lot of people don't know that he did have such a long, hard amateur career. So um, yeah, hopefully he can have his head held high, knowing that he attempted greatness on more than one occasion, mm-hmm. and yeah, can take leap into retirement and. and uh, Say that again, Joe. You broke up a little bit. Say that again. Sorry, mate. Um, I was just saying that I hope he can kind of retire now, be happy in retirement, happy with everything he sees and watch this ball. Enjoy it, lad. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You there, mate? Yeah, I can hear you. You broke up a little bit there, but I, I got the gist of what you said then. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Obviously, when you see a fighter like Sam, who's probably one of the nicest, genuine guys you'll ever meet in boxing, I hope he goes away. Stays involved in the sport. He's got a lot of knowledge to give with the amateur background he's got. Um, and obviously, British Commonwealth and WO European, I think he held. So he's won major titles as a pro. So hopefully he stays in the game and goes on and, and passes that knowledge on to the kids. And yeah, but Sean McComb, he's in a 140-pound division, which is uh, it's probably one of, the, one of the most dangerous divisions at world level right now because you've got guys like the Regis Program, the Devin Haney's, the Jack Catterall's, you've got the Barbosa's, you've got the Teofimo Lopez's, and you've also got Subriel Mateus. I don't know if you, you've heard of Subriel Mateus, have you? IBF yeah. champion? Yeah. Mate, I was, yeah. I was watching the thing and he came up and like his last five fights, he's made his last five opponents quit on their stool. I mean, that wow. guy's a monster. 20, 20 wins, 20 knockouts. He lost against a, a Russian guy, I can't remember his name, but then he went and stopped him anyway in the rematch. It was just one of them one. He's just an absolute monster. It doesn't get talked about as much in that one forty mm. division. But Sean McComb is in that division, full of monsters. And uh, yeah, I hope he gets a big, big, big fight next because he's he's had two good fights, two good, um, two good wins last time. I think it was Sam Maxwell. And was it Casey Benjamin or not? Was it Casey Benjamin? No, I thought Casey Benjamin had a fight. I can't remember, but he fought Casey Benjamin and Sam Maxwell, which is two good fighters in the British level. Maybe he needs to step going for or go on to like that, maybe European, maybe a little bit off the fringe world level opponent and see how far he can go. Yeah, look, 140 division's so, so stacked at the minute. And it's going to be difficult kind of to get that bridge, to bridge the gap between the Sam Maxwells of this world and obviously no disrespect to Sam mm. and the Jack Carrolls of this world. Mm. They've got to bridge that gap and it'll be interesting to see who he fights next because I think that will tell a lot with Sean. Mm. Don Smith, maybe. I don't know where Don Smith is. Yeah. I don't know if he's probably passed that British-Irish level just now, so we'll wait and see. But if, if we do a quick one on the, the third fight on the, on the bill, Kevin Ajaku and Troy Williamson, again, two fighters I know very well. Two fighters are very, very much like. Um, but I tell you what, this was a fight. I didn't think it was a split decision. Me personally, I was looking at the fight. And I thought, you know what, Keevan's got this. The fact that I didn't think it was a split decision. I think maybe Keevan had it for maybe four or five rounds. And I, I, like I said to you before, Joe, I don't score fights unless uh, people are asking me to score fights. I just go by the eye test. And what I saw yeah. from the eye test, Keevan won the fight quite handsomely. I'll say probably about four or five rounds up if you want to. Uh, go there with it, but yeah, Troy Williamson, man, he's just a hard, hard nut to crack. I don't think I've ever seen that man hurt. I've seen his head snap back. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen him hurt though. He, he, he gets his head snapped back, but then he throws a punch right after it. But Kevin, this was his acid test, and he passed it against a top opponent in Troy Williamson. Had him hurt in the last round, um, finished strong. Kevin now probably 
he's 14 and all. He's probably in that maybe a little bit ahead of Sean McComb, but he should be pushing on for European honours, I think, right now. He should be on that EBU title, maybe a fringe world level. I know he's got that is it a WBA version last night, so I don't know where he sits in their rankings, but I think he needs a good, good, good saw the opponent at uh, Super Welterweight, whether that be, I don't know, oh gosh, there's, 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 there's dangerous fighters in that division, but I'm not, I don't know who's, like I said, Dennis Hogan's an Irish guy that he's in his in his division, but is keeping past the Dennis Hogan and all Irish clash. Josh Kelly's there, James Metcalf is a gym mate of him, so he can't go against Jim, James Metcalf, uh, JJ Metcalf. So it's one of them ones, where do you go with keeping a jargo as well? It's I think he does need an, a, another step-up test and he does need to be on that sort of below that fringe world-level opponent again. But a great win from Kiva Najago last night. Yeah, going forward, I think with Kiva more, because everyone spoke about his talent for so, so long, and he's took that leap, moved up to, with Joe McNally. I think for him and where he's at now in his career, it could be, look, just chuck him in, sink or swim. And see how good he is because he's been spoken a lot over the past two or three years about his talent. Probably been a little bit or inactive or not as active as he would have wanted to have been when he signed with Matchroom. I know that some injuries got in the way there. He mm-hmm. opened up about some frustrations. But yeah, I think 2024 for Keevan will be the year where we know exactly where he's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree. And Keevan's on it. When Keevan's in full flow, Keevan is exciting to watch. When Keevan yeah. has got that bit between his teeth and he's and he's enjoying himself in the ring, he is an enjoyable, fun fighter to watch because he does these single shots and but he hurts you with the single shots and he steps in. He's got good footwork, good lateral movement, can switch it. He did a little bit of that last night, switched to a southpaw position. But yeah, yeah, Keevan's definitely one out to one to watch out for and a little bit more momentum, a little bit more sort of more fights and keep 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 active, keep going, keep that train moving. Don't let that train stop at any stops. Just keep keep chugging away, keep going, keep fighting, keep doing what you can in there. Yeah, so keep us one to watch. But then we go to the co-main event again. Another two fighters I know very, very well, but that was a fight. It was different than the, the McComb and Maxwell one because Crocker, I think there was a lot of respect and there was a lot of... um. I don't know, a lot of love, if you, for lack of a better word, from Sean McComb and Maxwell because they knew each other so well. But yeah. Crocker and and McKenna, they knew each other so well. Two fighters I know very well, but them two had that needle and I enjoyed it. You've you seen that Crocker was like waving them on, come on, hands up, let's do it, this thing. And then every time he'd land a shot, McKenna would laugh or do the, the shades of Billy Joe Saunders when he missed and look away. I mean, it was a fun fight to watch. Um, I think... Tyrone McKenna, we, we, we spoke about this years ago and he put up on his Instagram as well that he set into the sport to be the toughest man on Ireland, the hardest man on Ireland. And I think he is a hard, hard man. He is a hard, oh, yeah. hard nut to crack. But um, And he probably has that title, the hardest man on Ireland. I don't think many men can stop him. Regis Progray dropped him and it was the cuts on his eye that the referee stopped, pulled the fight. That He never got concussively knocked out or anything that badly no. hurt. But Lewis Crocker, man, he... I think he should fight Harry Scarf for the British title. I think that that's right, the right. fight. That's the fight. That's the fight that should be next for Lewis Crocker. I think he deserves it. Lewis Crocker is what seventeen, eighteen, and zero now. Um, so he needs a fight like a Harry Scarf, and I think a Harry Scarf is perfect for him for that British title. Um, I don't know what the contractual if if uh, match them have any options on him or whatnot um, after that win last night because I think Harry Scarf is he with Frank? Is he signed to Frank? 
I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I know he done a deal for the Echo Essendon fight. As I as I understand, uh, they didn't have options on him, or they haven't mm. pursued the options yet. But as it stands, I think he's a pretty much free uh, mm. from what I know. But I think Crocker and Harry Scarf is 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 a great fight, and I think uh, I can say this because. Northern Ireland hasn't had a welterweight British champion in 20 years or something like along them lines. So this Lewis Clark will be the first man from Northern Ireland to hold that British title in 20 years, which will be an achievement in, in itself, as well as holding that British title. If that's the route he wants to go down. Um, and then the main event, yeah, I mean, I was I, my wife. My wife doesn't normally stay up to watch fights, but she stayed up through the whole card. She might fall asleep sort of between the the, the third fight and the co-main event. Nine, that yeah. nine half nine mark. My wife would fall asleep, but she stayed up last night and watched the full fights with me and Mick Conlon and and Jordan Gill, and she loved it. She loved the fights last night, and you know what? I, I enjoy being a fan sometimes because you know what it's like on a fight night. You're backstage doing interviews. You miss the first four rounds of the fight coming ahead. You go backstage. You come back. Blah 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 blah. You're, I mean, it's an enjoyable job. Don't get me wrong. I've got the best job on the planet, but you do miss a lot of fights when you're at shows. You don't just watch them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was good watching all the fights last night, and uh, yeah. Mick Corden, Jordan Gill, I'll let you kickstart this one, Joe. I'll be honest, I'm so shocked. So shocked. Mm. Like, we talk about it, like, really, like, good fight for both guys to come back for, but I was pretty confident Mick Corden was going to beat him. I I thought Mick has that talent. We know Jordan has, because before I talk about Mick, I'll talk about Jordan. Like, it was only really three, four years ago when we were talking about Jordan Gill being a real prospect. Mm-hmm. Like before that loss in at Tatanoko, I'm pretty sure he headlined uh, an next gen in Peterborough for mm-hmm. the European, and everyone was everyone was talking about him as a serious player, right? And then his, his career kind of went off piece a little bit, maybe stayed at the weights too too much longer. Like then the, everything that happened from the Guerfi knockout mm-hmm. into the Kiko Martinez fight. And by the way, Kiko Martinez, like a world, world class operator, mm. a Spanish legend. So I think me, but including, I probably half re- overlooked Jordan. Mm. I think a lot of people were him off. And I think he enjoyed that from the interviews I've seen, from the way around Fight Week. He enjoyed kind of slipping under the radar, going to Belfast. The limelight is on Mick Conlon. Mick Conlon is talking about Lee Wood. Josh Warrington, massive stadium fights next year. Mm. And boy, did Jordan Gill spoil the party. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. I, I, I was shocked. I didn't watch it last night. I woke up this morning. I had to look on my laptop because the phone was gone. And mm. I was like, oh my God, wow. And then t- the time I caught up with it all, watched it. I'm so, so glad for Jordan. And yeah, it really did upset the party. And he's just announced himself on that stage now. He looked great at that weight. Yeah, he looked he, really, really big at the weight. Yeah, he looked very, very good. And and you mentioned there about the pressure. Sometimes going into a fight, a big fight like that, the pressure is having no pressure on you is perfect. Do you know what I mean? Two six. Just my my, my daughter's running here, and uh, she's going to scream the house down in a second. Wait there, watch my wife just walked under. Feel good. Ready? Ready? Go, 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 go! The duck in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no cameo today, then. No wife and kids. No, no camera for my wife. No chance. She will hate to be on camera. <laughs> um, yeah, I think going in that big fight like that, the when you have no pressure, nobody's talking about you. Nobody's giving you sort of like the betting odds to win the fight. You're just going in there, and you know what? 
you probably moved up in weights, you're a little bit happier when the weigh in, you're not killing yourself, you've got a smile on your face, you're drinking, you're eating a little bit more, you're not killing yourself to make weight, there's no pressure on you, you're both coming off a loss. Sometimes that with the no pressure on you whatsoever, that's when you get the best performances because you're just going in there to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? You've not got to please yep. the crowds or sell the tickets or do anything like that. And I think um, for Mick, he's always had that pressure of selling out these, bringing these big fights back to Belfast. And I'm, I'm, I'll, listen, I, again, two fighters I know very well, two fighters I love. Um, and I thought the stoppage, when I was looking at it, I, I thought that Howard Foster done what Howard Foster does. He jumps in a little bit too quick. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. But then was the writing on the wall? Do you know what I mean? Would this have got worse for Mick? Or would Mick have rallied on? And like he did after the knockdown, Mick rallied a little bit. It's, yeah. it's one of the ones where we, we don't know. But I think that Howard Foster's, again, I'm not going against referees because they're in the ring. They see and hear shots more clearer than what we see on the TV or ringside. They, they see into a fighter's eyes and whatever they've got left in. Was the writing on the wall for Mick? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just gutted for Mick because I've known him for so long and um, I've always wanted him to be a world champion. And listen, I know he's had three losses and three knockout losses and that, but uh, I don't know. It's just one a tough one. But Jordan Gill, when you heard that story last night from his post-fight interview, with, oh. yeah, when you hear stories like that, you, you've got to root for somebody. Do you know what I mean? When you hear a story like that, when a fighter is so low and He's, he's, I don't want to go back and talk about what he's did. If you want to, then just go back and watch his post-fight interview. But it's just a sad, sad story. And I hope I hope he's in a good place. I hope he's in the right place. And I'm rooting for him now after hearing that. And I hope he goes on and, and uh, at least challenges for a world title. I think that's what he deserves. I think he's he's gave the sport some good fights. But what interested me as well, and I'm touching that. In fact, you know what? Give, give, me, give me your thoughts on Jordan Gilwin and that whole story, the backstory as well. And I'll talk about something else in a minute. Look, like, I think it was last December, coming off the back of the Kiko loss, I interviewed Jordan, I remember interviewing him in Leeds, and it's just amazing, and it's, it's sad at the same time that we, we're we talking to people, it, might, it don't even have to be an interview, you could just be talking to someone, you go, and they're going through that, and you yeah. don't know that, it's, and it, so, yeah, it's something to really think about, and it, it did... Uh, Touch a nerve to be honest, listening to that because we speak to these guys, we know them, and it's 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 sad to see them struggling. But at the same time, so pleased for him, and yeah, the comeback story is fantastic. And now he will get a big fight. Might not be for a world title, but he will certainly get a big fight for a lot of money, and mm-hmm. he certainly does deserve it because he's changed. He changed such a lot. He he was with Dave Caldwell for years. He changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of. A little bit of a roll of the dice, and it just shows that sometimes when you roll, it can come in quids in, and it certainly did from uh, Jordan Gill. Well, if, if Mick Conan, if he wants to look, not learn anything, but Jordan Gill's the perfect example. If you might have draws and concussive yep. knockout losses on your record, and you can come back for it. Now, I want Mick to have a long break, right? Because he's been busy. He's been busy after the Lee Wood fight. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's had, what, four or five fights after that Lee Wood fight. Um, I want him to just have a nice long break with his family, enjoy life, get a little bit of fat, man. Do you know what I mean? You're super featherweight now. You can afford to get a little bit of fat, enjoy your food, and have a little drink and that. But then I would like to see him come back and make an assault again. Like, I, I really do want Mick to become a world champion. And that's maybe just the kilt in me or the biased jock or whatever you want to say. But 
when you when I was when you analyze that fight, right? You go off. So this is a perfect example of styles make fights. Because Kareem Gurphy fought both fighters, right? Kareem Gurphy dropped Jordan Gell, had him hurt, and albeit went toe to toe with Jordan. And obviously, evidently Jordan knocked him out in what the fifth or sixth round. I can't quite remember what it was. But then Mick Collin blasted Gurphy out in less than a round. And when you if you analyze that fight and you watch them two fights, because they're only about a year and a bit apart, you would think, yeah, Mick's got this. If you go by shared opponents, but again, this is a perfect example of styles make fights, head where your headspace is at. John Gill had no pressure whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? He was just in a more relaxed place, no pressure selling tickets, selling out, no talk of future fights in Lee Wood and Josh Warrington. There was none of that in the back of his mind. He was tunnel visioned. Mick Collin, that is it. Do you know what I mean? And that's a perfect example for any fighter of just just enjoy it. Whether it be, I know it's hard for us to say sitting here, but if you're just more of a, what's that old saying, Joe? A happy fighter's a what? A good fighter. Happy fighter's a great fighter. And yeah, dangerous fighter. But it's, it's, again, this is a perfect example of styles make fights. And I actually enjoyed it. I think Mick's tough as old boots because after that knockdown, he was hurt. And he was hurt a couple of times and he just kept on swinging back and kept on throwing, trying to, trying to trade and trying to get back in there. So, Fair play to the fight as well. And uh, listen, I'm happy for Jordan Gill. Got it for Mick Conlon. And uh, listen, I've enjoyed the I've enjoyed boxing of late. We might get the yeah. stick of it, all the boxing being up in Saudi and we're not seeing the big fights. But this year's been, I mean, the tail end of 2023 right now, dude, we've had some f- fucking good fights, man. Certainly, yeah, but just to kind of finish up on Conlon Gill, such a great advertisement for. You don't need to kill yourself at the weight. Those extra mm. few pounds matter. And he looked so good. He looked a different fighter. Mm. A completely different fighter. Punch he resistance. looked bigger. Punch he looked stronger. Punch resistance. Yeah, mm. just perfect example. You don't need to kill yourself at weight. I know you want to get every single advantage. You want to be bigger than weight. But sometimes the advantage is those extra pounds, a couple pounds, and they <laughs> are only a couple of pounds. It's still going to be yeah. hard to make weight. Yeah, but it's still a camp. You got you don't just walk in because you move it moves up weight, and that's why I'm so looking forward to seeing Lee Wood when yeah. Lee Wood moves up. Like again, it could be a completely completely different fighter, and he's saying he only wants like one or two more fights. He might kind of learn to love love the sport again at a, a different mm. weight, make it easier, and we might even see him for another two three years. So any <laughs> fighter that's struggling, just make that jump if you need to. Don't be mm. scared of it. Now that's a that's a great point, and sometimes I think there's a lot of emphasis now on this weight cuts, and we've seen it in the UFC that people are cutting themselves. Because there's a big, big gap between each weight division. Yeah. Get a stone and a half, and a stone and a stone. But I think uh, I remember a fighter. I was actually Ricky Burns, maybe 12, 14 years ago. I can't quite remember. He said to me, <laughs> "Excuse me," when he was a super featherweight. If you're not killing yourself to make weight, you're fighting in the wrong weight. And that's probably true to a certain extent if you can make the weight comfortably and, you, and you're killing yourself comfortably, if that's what probably, do you know what I mean? That you're not taking away all your water. I think there's been science showing that if you drain yourself and take all the water out of your body, your brain, not much li- liquid around your brain, your brain rattles about, and that's why your short resistance isn't there, punch resistance isn't there. It's just one of them ones where I think now, kill yourself a little bit, just a little bit dry. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then... That's that, that that's perfect. Canelo's probably a perfect example of that. Canelo's probably should be a welterweight, super welterweight at best. 
He could probably get yeah, down there. Well, yeah. He's not that big a man. He's not that big a man. And he's spice up his super middleweight. He doesn't he doesn't when does he ever look dry on them scales? He looks solid every single time. Do you know what I mean? And that, that that's a great point you made there, Joe, that sometimes just maybe the weight above, if you're struggling to make, if you're really, really struggling the night before to make weight or the couple of days before, then just move up. Don't try and kill yourself for the next two, three fights and then you get them losses on your record. Do you know what I mean? I think maybe Josh Taylor should have made my friend Josh Taylor should have moved up two fights ago, to be honest with you. But then that's another story. We'll get on to that. But yeah, you were in uh, York Hall, Frank Warren show York on Hall. Friday night. Yep, and I was in Bolton Friday night, the Channel 5 show. We'll get in touch on that. You Give me your thoughts on that one, Joe. One of the best York Hall shows I've been to in a while, to be honest, because, oh. because the show was an arena show. It was the Copper Box. Mm. But Hamza Shiraz, the main event, got postponed. So they kept that same arena card and put it on at York Hall, albeit without the uh, the main event mm. in uh, Shiraz and Liam Williams. So some great talent. Moses the Talma. Mm. We spoke about him so many times. We don't even really need to speak about him anymore. But you know what you're getting with him. First round stoppage, bang. Royston Barney Smith, such a, one of them fighters you could just sit and watch all day long. So mm-hmm. good. Really look forward to kind of seeing where he goes next year. I think he's 8-0 and now. And he's going to be knocking on doors for titles by the end of next year. Because he signed with Frank before he'd even turned 18. Mm-hmm. I remember when they announced they'd sign Weston. And it, they've, he's been slowly but surely grinding away in Ben Davidson's gym. As mentioned now, he's uh, learning a few tricks off AJ. Now he's in there. So, yeah, looking forward to Royston. Then Sam Noakes, good win. Sounds Carlos good. Perez kind of didn't really come to fight. He was holding a lot. He got knocked down a few times. But that's fine. Mark Chamberlain come for his hard, grueling fight against Ramlabs the week before. Sam Noakes now come through Carlos Perez. Make that title for the British title, that fight for the British next year, because Gavin Gwynn, the current British champion at lightweight, just won the European. I'm so glad for Gavin. It was an absolutely mental fight. Mental fight week. You're looking around at the press conference, you're looking around at the way, and you're thinking, is he fighting him? This small, <laughs> old man. I'm going to be completely honest. Emiliano Messili, 47 years old. Mate, come on, come on, Andy, Andy. You're not in there fighting for a European title, mate. So in terms of everything, like <laughs> and 42-0, undefeated, this guy made his pro debut but before I was born. He's been pro for 20 years, never, never lost, never fought for a world title. I think he fought for an IBO, actually. He was brought over to beat to, for Derry Matthews to beat 11 years ago because he was seen as old, mm. 47. And you're think, looking at him on the scales. Gavin Quinn, much bigger than him. Like, you're thinking, he ain't lost in a couple rounds here. I'm thinking, this is so bad. Looking at comments from the way and everyone's saying, this is disgraceful. And you're thinking, <laughs> oh, God. Like, And then first round, you're like, oh, my God, what has this man got in him? He just kept coming. He was moving. He was winning the fight. Mm. He was absolutely winning the fight. But, Gavin Gwynn, in all credit to him, just slowly but surely just chipping away, breaking him down. And I know there was kind of complications with the arm, which led him to quit in between, I think, round mm-hmm. eight and nine. But, yeah, so pleased for Gavin. He's the triple crown. I think the only 11th 
man from Wales to become Triple Crown champion, British, Commonwealth and European. Such a great guy. And yeah, he's the European champion now. So probably vacates that British and we get Sam Oaks versus Mark Chamberlain in the early parts of next year, which is going to be such a great fight. Mm, I like these British title fights. Again, probably going to be another episode where I see when you've got two British fighters fighting for that British title, you know what you're in for. Do you know what I mean? You just have to sit back yeah. and enjoy the fight. Every single that every nine times out of ten, a British title fight against two Brits. Obviously, it has to be against two Brits because it's a British title fight. But <laughs> you're going to get a scrap. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I love it. But I was in Bolton on the Channel Five show. Um, you had Chloe Watson, first female European flyweight champion, unanimous decision against Justin Lalaland. Um, I think the only real threat in her division right now in the UK is Maisie Rose. Um, I like yeah. to see them two because they're action-packed fighters, the two of them, little pocket rockets, man. The, them two getting on in the near future should be fun to watch. Um, you had big Nathan Gorman back after a year out and his loss to Fabio Wardley. Um, shock defeat wow. against, yeah, shock defeat against uh, Myron Etz, who came, was over here last time and beat Cash Ali in Edinburgh the last time on yeah. Channel 5. So, but um, Nathan was, what, 290 pounds? I think he was seventy-five pounds, Crazy. five stone heavier than Myronets, and uh, maybe maybe it took its toll on, on uh, Nathan because he was heavy. But maybe that was a game plan going in there because he was a small man. Maybe it was the game plan to rough him up and tire him out. But I'm not, I just came up short, and then he had a great fight against Moorcroft and Rennie, um, Matthew Rennie from the Isle of Man, probably the only boxer from the Isle of Man right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, you don't hear that much. When, no, you don't hear that uh, much at all. So, and he got the win, Matthew Rennie. So it was a, a good little card. And going down, you had debuts for like Dan Tower from the Northeast, from that Berkeley boxing gym. Dan Tower looks good. His opponent weighed in nine pounds heavier than him. Took a little bit off. Um, he looks way smaller than this guy that he fought, but he ended up stopping him in the second round. Short selection was pinpoint accuracy, like a sniper. Um, Southpaw backhand was phenomenal. Then you had the the debut for another guy called Nelson Birchall, who's heard good things. Heard yeah. really good things about he's, Nelson. He's, I said to him as well. I'm sure. I'm sure I heard that he fought Giorgio Fizioli as well in the amateurs. That split decision, and um, he's a southpaw as well. And it, he he done very very well. As one to watch out for. He's confident, man. He's got the gift of the gab. He's basically saying, when I mentioned that Giorgio Fizioli and all these young guns coming through. Yeah, he said he's going to be the best of them all. I think that when you, you hear him speak, he, he actually means it. Do you know what I mean? He wants to show everybody that he means business. Um, and then we had, uh, who else did we have? We had Abdul Khan, Amir Khan's uh, cousin. Again, four-rounder. He's been doing eight-rounders, but he's dropped to a four-rounder to get out before the new year. And action pack four rounds. Um, didn't get a stoppage, but I tell you what, if it was an eight-round fight, he would have got the stoppage. Um, he, was, he, was, he was pinging this guy left, right and centre. And then you had... Obviously, I think it was Cody Smith who was one of uh, Wasserman's sort of prospects. He 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 got a draw, but he got dropped. He got a point deduction in a six-round fight. And, yeah, tough one for Cody. But, listen, it was a good show all in all. Um, I think Channel 5, that little that little Bolton arena that's on, in the Bolton Stadium, is a lovely little – it's a little compact. There's not a bad seat in the house. Do you know what I mean? It's very, very compact, like a little cauldron or noise, and everybody can you can hear all the fans singing. It's it's a good little arena. That I like it. Fourteen hundred people. I, I enjoy it in there. I've never actually been there, but I can uh, from telly and from what I've seen of it, I can imagine it being the Northern York Hall. Something yeah, like well, that. With the York Hall, you've got the balcony. You do have the balcony. Yeah, 
but only fans don't go up there. That's more the media and that's right, where the changing okay. rooms are. Do you know what I mean? You've got the balcony bit, but that's the, they're open planned. You've got the home fighters on that side, the way fighters on that side, and then right, there's yeah. a walkway. It's, 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 I said it was, it was a good little, uh, good little card. I enjoyed my time down there. Uh, but yeah, it's, listen, boxing just keeps on coming, keeps on flowing. And we've got a busy three weeks leading up to Christmas coming up. But next week, we'll just touch on it quickly, Joe, is uh, Devin Haney, Regis Progre. I cannot wait for this one. Cannot wait for this. It's a tasty, tasty number. Uh, 14,000 people sell out. At the, uh, what's it called? The Chase Arena, I think it's called, or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's yeah, called. Yeah, the Chase. Chase, yeah. 14,000 sellout, man. This one's going to be a cracker. I can't wait for this. Another example of the perfect time to move up. Devin mm. Haney was struggling for a long time. He became undisputed. He achieved that. And rather than defending it, he's thinking, it's now time. Mm. Move up. Become a world champion at 140. And he's a tough, tough opponent. You talk about winning world title fights. They don't come much bigger than this. Regis Progate. One of my favourite fighters. Like, Mine too. Still to this day, before I even worked in boxing, the, one of the best fights I've ever seen live was Josh Taylor versus Regis Progay. Uh, love him, really. Just cannot wait for this fight. I could go either way. Really interesting to see those extra five pounds. Are they going to make that much of a difference for Devin Haney? Because based on previous performances, he's been just outstanding. I know mm. it's a really close fight with Vasily Lomachenko, mm. but at the end of the day, it's Lomachenko. <laughs> so, again, Regis Progray and Devin Haney cannot wait for that. And don't forget, a very strange one, a Sunday night. Sunday night in Bournemouth, Chris Billum Smith makes his uh, first defence of that WBO cruiserweight top against Masternak, who is a live opponent. I think uh, a few people might be sleeping on Masternak because... It's going to be a good tear-up on Sunday night. Yeah, and I love Sunday night boxing. You know what I mean? When there's nothing on, we'll probably be doing a podcast watching the boxing at the same time next week. Um, unless you don't know you're in Bournemouth, in fact, are you not? I'm in there. I'm in there. I'll, yeah, well, I'll, we'll, we'll, from the arena, mate. We'll, we'll do the podcast from the arena. Yeah, but that, listen, that'll be a show and a half, man. But listen, make sure you don't lose your phone. Keep it charged as well. I will do, mate. I will do. Don't worry. Phone, phone. Might have to get a little magnet from my pocket next time I go out. So uh, don't leave it. Um, yeah, listen, absolutely enjoy my time here again, Joe. Uh, looking forward to next week. We'll probably talk. We've got the Bellum Smith show that you said, and the Devin Haney and the Regis Progress fight to look forward to and discuss. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, enjoy your Sunday, mate. I don't know what you've got planned. What well, what's left of it? But yeah, enjoy it. Thank you very much, mate. You too, likewise, and as ever. Everyone, thank you for watching and we will or listening. And you can find us at all the streaming platforms. Talk to Mark Pure McCart on IFL TV. One stop shop for all the best boxing content. I'll see you next week, mate. See you next week, Joe. Sports Social Podcast Network.